This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That I'm, I'm getting the chance to bring this show to you. When I started Football CFB, I had two dream guests and I'm speaking to one of them today and I cannot believe I'm speaking to this man because not only has he won the Champions League with Barcelona, he's a Celtic icon and I was at his testimonial match against Sevilla and I, I won't lie to you, I cried my eyes out when he left. So, Henrik Larson, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And you weren't the only one crying. I think I cried that day as well. So, But it was a lovely time playing for Celtic. Uh, fantastic club, great fans. And yeah, I still... Uh, how, how do I say this? I still uh, remember a lot of things from there. And yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have played there. And uh, I'm so happy for it. Well, as I say, as I say in the intro, that you're you're so well remembered by all the fans. And in terms of yourself, you've been coaching, you've been a manager since you retired from football. What are you up to now, and what are your plans for the future? Uh, yeah, my plans for the future is still to be involved in football. Uh, if that's going to be as a manager or assistant coach, time will tell. Uh, but I have a few things that I do. I do a little bit of television. I do uh, a project we started here with a, with a friend of mine called Max. Uh, it's called Trick Arena. It's uh, a training module where you can practice your first uh, touch, which is very important in football. So I think it's a great thing that uh, Max uh, created. and. Um, Hopefully, we're going to start selling them soon because I think it's very good. And uh, I've been trying it out myself, and I think it's really, really good. I wish I had something like that earlier on in my career and uh, because, yeah, your first touch is so important in football. It certainly is. And, and something else I want to ask you about just while we're at the start here, how proud are you of your son Jordan and all he's achieved in football so far? I'm very proud. I mean, uh, it's not easy for him uh, being my son. So I think he's done tremendously. Uh, and he's, he's uh, committed, hardworking. Uh, and I'm sure that he will uh, go on uh, to play in other leagues than the Russian league. Uh, I think he has a lot of qualities. Uh, so I'm very, very proud. To rewind back to the start for yourself, I'm interested to, to get your perspective on your football and hero. Who was the player you looked up to when you were a kid? My hero when I was a kid was Pele, even though he wasn't playing when I was young. But I got the videotape from my father. Uh, video might sound a little bit strange to the, to the young audience you have, but you just have to Google it and you find out what it is. Um, so he was my idol. The way he played was the way I wanted to play. Um, so I based a lot of my own football in in uh, his way of playing. 
how did you get spotted by hoggerboards when you were young and when was the first time you thought you would make it as a professional? I wasn't spotted by Hoggerborg. Hoggerborg is a small club here in Helsingborg and yeah, it's open for everybody. So uh, I went there when I was six years old and uh, uh, wanted to be part of the club. And uh, yeah, I signed into the club and was a member for the club. And I played there until I was 21 uh, through all the teams. And it was uh, third division in Sweden, the old third division, uh, when you had division one, two and three. And uh, yeah, I was pleased that I was there because, I mean, I had the chance to develop and uh, fine tune tune my skills before I left for uh, for Helsingborg and uh, who was playing in the first division at the, at the time. So uh, it was a, it was a great beginning for me because I, when I was 17, I'm 10 years old, I made my debut there and uh, played uh, against uh, full-grown men. And uh, yeah, I wasn't the biggest. So you have to figure out how you can still uh, hack it and uh, what you can do differently. Because obviously to go into a 50-50 challenge, uh, it's tough when you're a little bit smaller. But I went into them anyhow. And I learned quite quick uh, what I needed to do. And I was quite strong and had good balance. So I wasn't easy to, to get off the ball. And I had the opportunity to play their four seasons for the for the first team and uh, and I, to be honest at that time I didn't think that I would be a professional football player because I was older than uh, than common uh, if you're going to be a professional football player but once I took the step to Helsingborg everything uh, had a good team at Helsingborg and a good player so it was easier for me to play as well obviously had a decent understanding of the game already then uh, but I was the last puzzle to that team and uh, we uh, we fitted uh, very well together and then it was just two years there and then uh, final came to to grab me to to Holland so to be honest I wasn't I was dreaming always as a kid of becoming a professional football player but when I was 17, 18 I thought the train had gone but luckily for me it, it hadn't. You mentioned the fact that it hadn't and during your time at Helsingborg you also made your Sweden debut against Finland. Were you nervous, proud and what was it like when you got on the score sheet? Uh, I was nervous and I was proud obviously. I mean there's few things you dream about as a kid. That's being a professional football player, playing World Cups, European Cups and playing for a national team. Uh, so when I got the, the call um, I was very proud because obviously um, doing my first uh, uh, game for the, for the first team of Sweden was something fantastic and then Managing to score as well in my first uh, first game, I was a qualifier for the for the for the World Cup in the States, uh, and at the same same evening we beat Finland. Uh, I think uh, Bulgaria draws or wins against France. That meant that we were already qualified for the World Cup, which was was great. And in terms of, before we come to the World Cup, you mentioned Feyenoord. What was it like moving to Holland and, and what was Dutch football like? Because I imagine for, for a player coming from Scandinavia, you could be a bit homesick when you make the move at first. 
Yeah, no, I mean, first and foremost, it's a different culture down there. Um, and it's also a little bit tougher environment than I was used uh, from back home. Um, Sweden is more team spirit and the Dutch is a little bit more uh, individuals. Uh, but obviously as well with the new system, I wasn't accustomed to the 4-3-3 that uh, final played at the time. So it was very difficult because I was a striker that always liked to move a lot. And in a 4-3-3 system, as a number nine, you're uh, more, uh, your working area is between uh, the edge uh, of the box, so to speak. You don't, you leave the corridors for the, for your wingers. Uh, and I had a tough time to adapt a little bit to that. And I was also, at the time, I wasn't strong enough and good enough in my first touch to play as a, as a number nine. So I played all over the place. I played as a midfielder, I played as a, a 10, I played on the wings as well. But I always liked it more down uh, in, in, in the, as a number nine. Uh, but preferably with, uh, with somebody who could feed off uh, like I had done with with Mats Magnusson, who was a very good striker in Helsingborg, and that I did later, especially with Chris Sutton. Describe what it's like playing at a World Cup, because that World Cup in '94, as, as you mentioned, because of where it was based, was the, the hype for it was mad, and the Sweden team that you played in, many people forget, finished up as well. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's the first World Cup. Uh, up to then, I've only been uh, sitting in front of the television and watching World Cup games. Uh, and Sweden hadn't qualified. Uh, 78 and then 90 was the last time, and then we qualified again 94. So you haven't seen a lot of Swedish games there either on the World Cup. So, But coming there and realizing your dream is just fantastic. I mean, that's uh, you can just put the mark next to it and say, well, I've done it. And it was a great experience. And I was lucky to do another two World Cups, which was uh, fantastic. Uh, it's just, if if you like football, you want to play in a World Cup. Uh, it, it is, uh, that's the, I think that maybe also a Champions League final is as big as playing in the in the World Cup. When you're at a World Cup, what's it like in terms of you're away with your, your national team, but you're obviously away for probably going to be a month at a time? Is, does that hopefully, make it... hopefully you're away for a month, but uh, <laughs> sometimes you don't go past the, the first stage, then it's early exit. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, but it's also a lot of pressure because, you know, you have a nation that is hoping that your nation is going to do good. Uh, so, but it's a lot, a lot of uh, boredom as well, because uh, it's a lot of hotels, you change hotels, you travel a lot, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world, but it's not, uh, it's not uh, only uh, fun, so to speak. It's, uh, it's pressure involved as well. And, yeah, you need to be, you need to perform because uh, that's on the biggest stage. It certainly is the biggest stage. And as you said, it's the stage that, along with the Champions League final, every single player, I think, when they start playing football, dreams about. And, and you've done both, as we'll come to soon. Two Dutch Cups while you were in um, in Holland with, with Feyenoord. How proud 
how proudly do you look back on those achievements? Oh, I'm very proud because at the time, if you look at the Ajax team that was playing, um, then I realised why we didn't win anything in the leagues there because they were a really good team with players like Seedorf, Klaufert, uh, Reichert was coming back, Blint was there, uh, Frank and Ronald de Boer was there, uh, you had Overmars. Um, so you had a lot of good players in that team. So winning two cups in in the three and a half years I was there, I have to be pleased about. But obviously I would love to won the league as well. But that wasn't to be. They were simply too good for us uh, at the time. And PSV had a very good side as well. So it was difficult for us. Then comes the move to, to Celtic, which in the UK, everyone wants to ask you about did you know much about Celtic before you made the move Henry? No as I said in previous interviews I didn't know that much but obviously living in Holland and uh, watching the sports shows there they sometimes showed when uh, Pierre van Hoyden scored the goals that's what what I knew about Celtic uh, but I didn't know that much to be honest and I said that before as well in the various interviews I've done but now I know a lot of the club and I'm very happy that I've done, done that journey because it's, um, it's so special for me. Uh, it was seven years when I came from Holland. I didn't have that much confidence uh, because obviously the footballing part hadn't gone brilliantly. It, it wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't brilliant. Uh, so uh, going there... Yeah, I didn't really know where I was standing in 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 terms of uh, playing because I was almost moving back home to Sweden to Helsingborg, but uh, when Celtic came in, as it wasn't an option for me to go to Sweden, go back to Sweden. So, and also plus the fact Vim Janssen was the the manager at the time, and Vim was uh, very much involved in uh, my move to to Holland but he left after two or three months and uh, so I knew he wanted me I knew he valued me as a player um, so I was I'm very happy that I made that move and that he that he uh, wanted me to to Celtic what was your first impression of Scotland and did it take you a while to settle here? Because the weather, as I'm sure you've said previously, is it the greatest? No, but uh, I'm from Sweden and it's not always the greatest here either. And For me, that's never been a problem. Uh, yeah, obviously when it rains uh, a lot for a number of days uh, in a row, yeah, it's boring. But it doesn't affect me that much. Yeah, I have to say it's quite similar climate as my hometown, Helsingborg. It's sunny sometimes, it rains sometimes. So you just have to get on with it. Uh, but I, the impre first impression was um, uh, didn't really bother me that much because I was just, uh, I wanted to play football and my football was starting to, to move along. And I felt that I uh, could do things uh, again which I didn't do in, in Holland. I had a little bit more confidence. So for me, it was just everywhere I stayed. I mean, I haven't been too bothered about the weather 
it's it is what it is when you sign you know what what kind of weather it's going to be uh, and you just have to get on with it as a professional the question that I'm, I'm desperate to get your perspective on, how did you feel after your debut? So many people, when they go through the archive, show the clip of you making the pass, it goes to Chick Charlie and he scores. How did you feel at that moment after the game? Obviously, I wasn't uh, very pleased with, with myself or Darren Jackson. Because <laughs> uh, if you look back at the tapes, you see what I want to do. But Darren didn't want to have the ball because he was under pressure. <laughs> Uh, so uh, he just uh, went deep instead, which he shouldn't have done. He should have helped me out. But obviously, doing that, uh, so Sheikh Shanley scored the goal wasn't wasn't pleasing. But as, as I said straight away after the after the game, I held my hand up and said it's, it's my fault. You can't do more than that because I didn't do it on purpose. And um, I think. Uh, the, the Celtic uh, supporters forgive me uh, for that uh, bad pass. <laughs> they, they absolutely do. And just how much pressure was there on stopping the ten in a row? I know that's an obvious question, but in yeah, Scotland, no, but, yeah, no, but I know the question. And I mean, to, for me, obviously, not knowing the culture, what I was going into, and the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers, knowing so much about it then i think it helped me uh, and i think uh, i think we were six or seven new players coming in and some knew a little bit more about the history and others uh, didn't know that much and i think that helped us because if i would go and do it today what i know about the the rivalry between those two teams i think it would have been so much pressure so much burden on your shoulders that it would be more or less impossible to do it uh, because it's uh, it's huge. It's uh, it's so big over there, and it's so important uh, that I think it's very hard as a player to, if you know all the facts, ins and outs. I think you would choke, not me, but somebody else maybe. <laughs> Just describe also how good it was for you to get your first medal for the club over them the United in that League Cup final and how strange was it to play Ibrox when you think back on it now? No, I didn't reflect so much about it back then. Today I would would, would have done. Um, but winning it there was just uh, even more special because we knew it was at Ibrox and we're celebrating there. I don't think they liked it that much. So, um, But I mean, winning the first trophy was obviously... Uh, a receipt for the squad that we we could do something and uh, we needed that um, because obviously we didn't have a great start at the start the start of the season and that meant that Rangers were a few points ahead of us I think at that time as well. And and then the league as you say Rangers were a, a wee bit ahead it was it was a, a really tense season it goes down to the final day was there a lot of pressure in that dressing room with Celtic or were the boys Relaxed, no, even. but I mean, obviously, there was a lot of pressure because we could have won it the week before at Dunfermline. We were 1 0 up until I think the 80 plus minute, and they score an equalize. Uh, but obviously, coming back from that game is meeting a grown man crying and saying, You gotta, you gotta win next week. Uh, and he was crying. It hit home a little bit more to me. But I didn't feel a pressure on, on, on the last day. 
um, just try to to go out there and and play the game uh, and not play the emotions. And uh, I think that I settled some nerves by scoring quite early. Uh, but obviously it was uh, intense that day because uh, if they would score an equaliser, that would be tough for us. But luckily we managed to to hold out and uh, and uh, Harald came, scored the second one, then yeah, the party was starting. The party was certainly started. And when you look back in the history of Celtic, that's one of the most important seasons in the club's history. And again... At the time, you see it as a league title win, but now, when you look back, knowing all that you know about Celtic's history, just just how much do you look back in that and go, thank goodness we won that league? Yeah, I mean, as you say, I mean, uh, Rangers had nine in a row, but it was only the second team who'd done that. So it doesn't really count. Um, but knowing everything that I know know today, I think that uh, it was vital for the club. It was vital for all the fans that we won that day and and thankfully we did. How disappointed were you when Vim Janssen left Celtic because he was a big part of you coming to the club? Was there was there a time where you were where you would have considered leaving or were you still fully committed to Celtic? No, I was fully committed to to Celtic. If you look back at the interviews I gave, because obviously I got a lot of questions about that, uh, I said something in the lines that I was a grown man. Obviously, felt sad that uh, Vim was leaving, but that's part and parcel of football. And I mean, I came from Holland, where we had, I think, two or three different head coaches, so I was used to the turbulence. There was nothing I Enjoyed, to be honest. Um, I feel it's much better when you have one person in, in charge for a longer time. But that's that's my personal opinion. I think that when O'Neill came in, uh, that steadied the ship and uh, we could build build something, uh, which I think the, the foundations of that is still within the club. And... Uh, how to to operate the business and uh, what you need to do. One of the players I need to ask you about who came in under Dr. Joe Venglos was, was Lubo Maravci. <laughs> yeah. what, was, what, yeah. what was Lubo like? And d- did you know more about Lubo than maybe the Scottish press and others knew about him? No, I didn't know anything about him, to be honest. Uh, but obviously, it only takes one practice to see, wow, that's something. Uh, and still to this day, I don't know if it's left-footed or right-footed. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen a player hitting the ball as sweet with both feet, uh, and the vision he had for the for the for the game for the runs uh, was just fantastic. Uh, he's most definitely one of the best players I ever played with, and he's a great great guy. And the um, I bump into him every now and then, and uh, it's always a pleasure to, to speak with him. Another part of your Celtic career, which was a really difficult part, was the leg break against Leon. How tough was that, not only physically, but mentally, to come back from? And Was there ever any doubt in your mind that, I don't know if I'm going to be the same player when I get back from this? Yeah, obviously there are doubts, but uh, you try to push them away. Uh, it was difficult, but I had a good surgeon in... Uh, Billy, 
can't remember his uh, last name now. And I had Brian Scott, who was my personal uh, physio. And I had uh, Graham de Masseur, who helped me a lot as well. Uh, for me, it was just to get back to the Europeans, because that was starting in, in June the following year. So I actually sat on the pitch in uh, Lyon, counted down the month and said to myself, yeah, it's possible. Let's do the, the rehab. And, uh, but obviously you don't know because uh, my operation with the steel rod down the, 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 the leg was the new operation. So you never knew really how it would uh, come out and uh, if my body will accept the uh, the, the foreign object being placed in my, my leg. But it was, I worked really, really hard uh, with, yeah, Kenny was there as well. There was a, uh, the fitness uh, guy next to, to Brian Scott. And we, yeah, we worked our balls off, to be honest. I worked a lot, I ran a lot uh, because I wanted to come back. So I was motivated and yeah, I worked hard and I got, uh, uh, how do you say that? I got uh, paid for what the work I put in because I managed to come back and play, I think, close to half an hour in the last game of the season. That meant that I uh, got a chance to come uh, uh, to to the Europeans with the, with the Swedish squad and uh, yeah, managed to score a goal there on a against Italy, I felt quite good when I came to preseason because I knew it it was uh, good enough to play. And uh, obviously doing all the, the, the work I've been putting down um, um, made me a lot stronger. So, yeah, it was, it was a tough time mentally, but um, I managed to go through it because I worked hard and uh, was very focused on what, what I was doing. You, you, we come now to, to Martin, and you'll, you, you've already said that he steadied the ship. When you look at that season under Martin, the club wins the treble. You win the European Golden Shoe. You score a hat-trick over Kilmarnock at Hamden to win the League Cup. There's the game against Rangers 6-2. I mean, just sum up that first season, because as fairy tales go for, for fans, that was the, the, the most incredible season after what the club had been through. Yeah, no, I think that uh, now when I'm thinking about it, I get goosebumps all over my body. Uh, it was just fantastic. But also the players that uh, the gaffer brought in was vital for that because we had a good uh, base to build on, but we needed some, some a little bit more qualities. And he was very clever in the way he, he brought in the players. Um, and managing to, to, to win the, the treble was just fantastic. And scoring a goal, um, I think it was against Dundee away, my first goal for the season. Yeah. Yeah, scoring that meant that I felt that, yeah, I'm still good enough, or maybe even better than I was. And then, I mean, playing together with uh, Chris Sutton up front as well, he he just made so much room for me that it was just uh, a question of being clever enough to 
know where to run, run deep or come below him, to be honest. And uh, Lubo in the team, Didier Agat, uh, Paul Lambert, yeah, all the players was just fantastic. I mean, and then Alan Thompson as well. It was just, yeah, great delivery. So it was a question of being at the right spot as often as possible because, you know, the delivery will come. You, you've, you've been on record the same that Chris Sutton was your, your favourite straight partner. What you, you mentioned the fact that he, he, he made space that others maybe couldn't make for you. Just how much did you enjoy playing with Chris? And also, what was he like off the park with you? Um, I love playing with Chris because, I mean, he's such a clever... He was such a clever footballer. Uh, and he wasn't uh, only thinking about himself. Uh, which I have to say that goes for me as well. I was thinking about the team and, yeah, obviously you're pleased when you score, but the most important thing is that the team is winning. And then it's so much easier to play play with a, with a strike partner because if he sees you in a good position, he slides you in and vice versa. Uh, so he was, for me, the best strike partner I ever had in a 4-4-2 system, without a doubt. Off the park, Chris is fantastic. And he has a great sense of humour and uh, a very dry sense of humour. But he's fantastic. He's, yeah, I still speak to him uh, every now and then over the phone or just a text message. So we keep in touch. He's just a great guy. He's, he's hilarious. And um, I'm... I'm Really happy to watch him uh, when he's on the footballing shows or uh, when he does something on the radio because he's he's uh, he knows football. He's very sharp. He's very sharp indeed, and he's not shy in giving his opinions. And no, when when you look back at that season, the, the goal against Rangers that is sensational. Ian Crocker famously said it was take on Conterman, Chip Stefan Kloss. Is that the best goal of your career? Uh, it has to be one of the best, but I mean, I remember at Hamden when we played uh, Dundee United, I think it was maybe a semi-final or something like that, and I had a header that was uh, very good as well. Front, yeah, I was about two, three metres ahead of the front post, very narrow angle. I think that's a, a really good goal as well. I have a few good goals against Aberdeen as well. Uh, but obviously, the way that goal came 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 along. I mean, the long ball from the keeper, Chris, lets it bounce off him. I have two guys running behind me, shrugs him off, and then not makes Kunterman. And I see Klaus is, uh, is coming out a little bit. I always liked the dink. I think I scored my first dink at Celtic was against Dundee United at home, I think it was. I came from halfway, Jackie McNamara slide me in, and I came from half... Uh, half the pitch on my own, so I had a, plenty of thoughts what to do. But yeah, obviously six two. Yeah, that's probably one of my greatest in my career. But then I have to remember a diving header, both against St Johnston away and in, in the Euros two thousand and four against Bulgaria, and I had another goal against Bulgaria in the World Cup ninety four. So I scored not to be be bragging about myself but I have a fair share of nice goals actually. Yes I would completely agree with that and and just on the Rangers games what were those games like to play in because two clubs at that time in Scottish football that we've mentioned. Those were intense those were intense because they had 
as good as, as team as, as we did. I mean, with all the players they brought in and the quality of the players. So it was intense. Uh, but I love to play those derbies uh, because I knew it was not only important to me, but to the fans as well. Uh, so playing those derbies was, uh, I, I really look forward to it. Yeah, it was pressure. It was nervousness. But I enjoyed playing them in, in the big games um, because that's, yeah, that's where you make your name, really. If you uh, manage to perform well in, in the derbies, people will remember you forever. They certainly do. And, and on on the sense of Player of the Year awards, how much do those individual awards mean to you? Or do they mean too much to you? Because you mentioned earlier that it was all about the team. Yeah, even though it's individual, I think it's without my teammates, that wouldn't be possible. Uh, that's quite logical. So I never... Um, uh, take, paid too much attention about that but obviously I'm very proud of it because um, it's special um, because yeah you have your fellow sportsmen vote the player of the year which is the people that knows it the best I think uh, so that's that's fantastic and then managing to win the the, the golden boot was just yeah enormous because uh, there's no other Swedish player or Scandinavian player who won that before me. And I think we had some very good strikers before me as well. Uh, being able to say still to this day, the only Scandinavian player who have won that is just something I'm very proud of. But at the same time, I know without all the assist and the hard work from my fellow teammates, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, so I'm humble in, in that sense because I think it's something that you should share with your with your fellow players. But unfortunately, it's only one that gets it. Winning the league obviously gets the club into the Champions League. Some of those <laughs> early games in the Champions League, Juventus springs to mind both home and away. What was it like playing in the, the, the elite European competition? No, that was something extra, of course. I mean, because you're playing against the best team in in the world, uh, and being there as and representing Celtic was just fantastic. I mean, those those are the games you again want to perform in. You want to play well in those games, uh, and you play against the best players. Um, so it was just fantastic and. Unfortunately, we didn't manage to do that well in, in the Champions League. Uh, but we've done bet, better in, in the Europa League, which still to this day, it's... it's uh, I can't understand that we lost the game because we should have won that game, to be honest with you. And in terms of that UEFA Cup, obviously now known as the Europa League, as you've said, you mentioned the fact you look back and the club should have won that game. I mean, the run-up to the final was, was incredible. You were scoring goals on that journey. Um, John Hartson scored a fair few goals. Chris as well. Yeah, Celta, Celta away was wide for us as well. And John scored. And you get to the final. You, Jose Mourinho's team obviously go on to win the Champions League the following year. But yeah. just how much of a, of a gutter and devastation was that on the part? Because you score the most incredible header 
at that night and, and in the end it just it wasn't enough the sending off of course plays a big part as well but you just think to yourself what could have been yeah obviously there was uh, many years I thought about that but at the same same time you just have to get on with it um, obviously not winning that uh, medal and be able to share that with all the all the fans and the teammates would have been uh, just a dream come true. But uh, the fate wanted something else. And uh, but it just shows what a team we had, how good the team was. I mean, we beat Liverpool, we beat Blackburn. Uh, we meet, we beat a lot of good teams in that run. And we playing even or maybe a little bit better as well than Porto did, who goes on and win the Champions League. That just shows how good team we had. We had about 15 internationals, uh, international players playing for, for their countries and important players for their countries. Uh, I, I think a lot of people tend to forget that we had a really, really strong squad. Uh, but unfortunately, we didn't manage to, to, to win the, the big final. That would have been the icing on the cake, really, for that squad, I think. You mentioned beating Blackburn and Liverpool. Where do you think the squad that you had would have competed in the English Premier League? Top four, without a doubt. And you say top four, but do you think if you were in that division that you could have even went on to win it with even a couple of additions or just by having a strong season? Because you mentioned the fact you had so many internationals. You'd won the European Golden Shoe, which even players in that division hadn't won. So, Yeah, I think we were uh, a very, very good side. And I'm saying top four has to be a little bit humble because otherwise I know... Uh, how the reaction is going to be on that, and I'm not up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, top four it is. Um, yeah. Going into the, the seventh season itself, the final season, what was it like when the, you said that you were going to leave the club? Was that something that, I imagine, of course, it took a lot of thought, but how did it feel when it was finally public that this was going to be your last season at Celtic? I felt a relief because I felt that I'd been giving uh, the club and the fans heads up on what's going to happen. But it was also very tough for me because every game after every game, I think they asked me something if I changed my mind or not. Uh, so it was tough. But I was set. I, I knew that I uh, had seven uh, great seasons, not all of them, but a lot of great seasons uh, up there. I felt it was time for me to to leave um, to try something else, um, and but it was it wasn't easy. And I think if you look back at the last game we played at home, yeah, that's when all my emotions uh, comes out. What it means to me to to play there, to have played there. Um, to leave the, the city, I think it all sums it up, the, the interview I do straight after, after the game. So, um, it was, was tough, it wasn't an easy decision, but I felt it was the right decision and I think looking back at it, it was the right decision um, for me. 
And you mentioned that last league game, getting the goals against Dundee United, winning the title, and then the, your last game, the Scottish Cup final. I mean, talk about the best way to go out. You, you were absolutely sensational in the on the day, and, and you won the Scottish Cup. So, in a sense, although it was it was very upsetting for the fans and even yourself, was it the perfect way to bow out? I think so. It was the perfect way to to bow out, uh, give them uh, another cup, give them uh, the bragging rights. Um, I think it was it was a script that I couldn't have dreamt of going through. Uh, even though you you dream about it before you start the game, um, but yeah, it's it's not a fact until it's a fact. Uh, so I was very pleased to to bow out, as you say, in in that way. I mentioned earlier as well your testimonial match against Sevilla. I was there. I remember crying my eyes out, just like I can't believe that you're going. Obviously, now that now that I've <laughs> I've grown up in a sense, I can understand. And we'll come to your your next steps. Understand why you, of course, left. But when when I look back at you playing in a Celtic jersey, I I'm 24. So for me. I look back with you and that team that Martin had, especially yourself, and just think, wow, how lucky was I to watch such a, a world-class football team regularly? Yeah, I think you asked the question and answered the question there yourself, to be honest. I mean, we were, as I said before, we're a really, really strong squad and great leadership as well. I mean, with my, with the gaffer and uh, Robbo and uh, Wally was just uh, a fantastic leadership um, yeah it's, there's nothing more really to say I mean it was just great the way they built everything the way they wanted to play football the way he left us to uh, go on with the game uh, play the way we wanted to play in the sense in within the framework of the system we played our uh, defensive duties we had and then obviously coming to the offensive it's up to the players imagination uh, so there was great leadership I'm very happy that I worked under him and in terms of Barcelona did you expect Barcelona to come in for you were they in for you quite no. early or were they quite late no I didn't think that Barcelona would come in for me but I I planted an advert early in the season I, I, I said something in the lines of I want to go someplace warm. And <laughs> for me, that's that's Spain, Italy, or France, even south of France, uh, Portugal. But I never dreamt they, they would come in. I know that before the Europeans, I had about 28 to 29 clubs wanted me uh, from all over yeah, Europe and outside Europe. Uh, they wanted my signature. Uh, but I mean... Barcelona came in um, when I played the Euros. Uh, before that, had haven't didn't have any contact with them. And uh, when they when they called, when my wife called and told me they were interested, I told her they have to wait. And she just laughed at me, said, "I don't think they will wait." <laughs> so I told her to get on a plane together with my my agent. Uh, to go and negotiate the deal because I wanted to focus on um, the Europeans with uh, with Sweden. 
And you go to those Euros, the, the deal with Barcelona is sealed. You have, a, you have a good European Championship, personally, and then it's time to go to, to, to Barcelona and play at the new Camp. Just what was it like when you got to play there as a Barcelona player for the first time? Uh, it was... How do you say? It was huge. Because uh, Barcelona always been one of my favourite teams. When I was young, you didn't see that much football on television. Uh, you didn't, as today, you can watch football every day from all different, uh, yeah, all over the world, more or less. But in those days, you were able to watch the Cup Winners' Cup, what it was called back then, and uh, the Europa Cup 1 and 2, those games, and maybe some World Cups or European Championship. But you only watched it maybe in the quarterfinal or semifinals. Uh, and Barcelona was always present there a lot of times when I watched them. I just loved the way they played, the players they had with Kuman, Laudrup, uh, Stoikov, Romario. Yeah, it was just a fantastic team. Pep Guardiola was there as well. To be able to come to that club and, uh, and play for that club and play my first game there was just fantastic. It was a dream come true, uh, really, to be honest. The obvious question I've got to ask you about that team, what was it like playing with Ronaldinho? Because he's someone who, when you look back at European football of the mid-2000s, was just an absolute superstar. Oh, he was the best ever. The best ever I played with, to be honest. Um, in terms of uh, his skill levels, his vision for the games. Uh, when I say vision, I mean he could... Uh, see you where you didn't think you would be spotted and he will find a way to get the ball there. But also the way he handled all the pressure. I mean, I came from from Celtic and where I was uh, the main man, so to speak. And I had a different way uh, to handle the pressure because I felt that I had to stay in my bubble all the time. But he was just joking, laughing, and his big smile on his face. So, so it was fascinating for me to see how he handled the pressure. Uh, I wouldn't say that I gone back that I would do do it the same way as he did, but maybe be be a little bit more lighthearted. Wouldn't have damaged me and the way I played. I think uh, because. It was just a privilege, really, to to see him play, watch him train. Um, and, yeah, then you're talking about him, but then you can't forget a Xavi or a young Iniesta who was there. Uh, you had Etu, you had Julie. So it was a team with a lot of great players. And, yeah, I'm pleased that I played there because, as I said earlier, it's a dream come true. And... Uh, going there, uh, knowing uh, what was expected for me, was that was all right, even though I didn't enjoy sitting on the bench. But I knew that before I came that I wouldn't play every game, every week. Uh, he would use me as a, as a substitute. But if you look at that first season before I'd done my cru cruciate ligament, as soon as it was a big game, I was playing. So um, I think Frank Riker was quite pleased with me. Uh, absolutely, I, I would agree with that. And also, 
I have to ask you the obvious question when it comes to Celtic again. What was it like returning to Celtic Park? And what was it like when you scored? Because I, I remember that night for being, I don't think anyone in the stadium knew what to do because everyone that supports Celtic, in a sense, supports you as well because of everything you've done for the club. And then when you score, there was just this... It was, was too early to come back. It was too early. I remember sitting by the pool in Gawamar and Magnus had my call. You can't guess. Yes, I can. We're probably playing you in the Champions League. Yes, you are, he said. <laughs> I was too early. I mean, uh, barely left. Uh, and then, uh, I, was it September, October, something like that? Yeah, yeah. And coming back uh, home, because it's my home. Uh, and scoring the goal, obviously, I was proud because I represented another club. But at the same time, I felt a little bit uh, sad because... I had such a, or still to this day, such a great history with Celtic fans. So it was an odd feeling. But as soon as Alan Thompson went up to head that ball, I knew what he wanted to do. So uh, I started quite early because I had seen him doing it so many times in practice. So I knew exactly what he wanted to do. At Barcelona, the the game, there, there was plenty of big games that you played in and plenty of, of big performances, but the Champions League final, you come off the bench, you get the two assists, and I remember Thierry Henry after the game basically saying that I didn't see Ronaldinho, Eto'o, Julie and everything. I saw Henrik Larsson. He came on and changed the game. He killed the game. Yeah, obviously hearing that from Henry was... <sighs> At that time, also one of the best strikers in the world it was just fantastic. I, I won't uh, deny that. Um, but Celtic losing the final in Seville, I knew what it meant uh, to lose the final. And I didn't want to experience that again. So I tried everything I could when I came on. And I was prepared from the bench from the first minute. Uh, so I played the game in my head. I wasn't looking at other th anything else than looking if I come in onto the park, uh, who am I playing against? Uh, I knew, obviously, Saul, Saul Campbell met him a few times with Sweden against England. Uh, but just see and try to... I didn't want to lose another final, simple as that. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, the... The, the the first assist to uh, two. I mean, when he's coming in from the side, I spotted him a long time ago, and it's just a question of killing the speed of the ball, and just so he can run, get it into his path. And it's not an easy pass. I think it's one of the most difficult passes I've done, but I made it look easy, which is always pleasant. <laughs> and the second ball is. Uh, yeah, Belletti plays me in, into the penalty box and he continues runs, run into the box. And I knew that uh, Belletti would do that because uh, watching him in other games or in practice, he he liked to go forward. He was a, a, a wing back in in maybe today's uh, way of playing in, in that sense that he, he continued his run. And I mean, yeah, I, tried to slide the ball in and it went through and he scored his only goal for Barcelona and that was uh, the right time to do that. It was just happiness and um, winning the Champions League, which I think maybe 
even out Trump's uh, World World Cup final. To have that on your CV is just uh, yeah, it gives me goosebumps thinking thinking about it because it's it's so special. Uh, and yeah, if I could change me scoring two goals in the final against Porto. Uh, in in the sense that we would get the medal if somebody else scored uh, one or two goals, I would do that um, because it's just such a great feeling um, winning. Yeah, the biggest cup you can win. I I have to say. See, when you lift the Champions League trophy, how do you feel? And also, a childish question: Is it heavy? It's not heavy. Um, it's just uh, you feel so proud because uh, you've been chasing that for a long time. Uh, I think we were quite far in in my first year at Barcelona, uh, and then reaching the final and uh, winning it is just gives you receive receipt that you are a, a very very good team. And uh, it was the first, the second uh, Champions League uh, medal for Barcelona. They've been waiting a long time since they played against Sampdoria. Uh, so they wanted to, they wanted that trophy desperately. Uh, to bring that joy to the to the Barcelona fans was just fantastic. It was the we won the league. We won. We won everything, I think, that year as well. So it was just fantastic. A lot of people talk about that Champions League win, but they, I think they also forget you won two La Liga titles when you were at Barcelona. And, yeah. and to win the league title, you need to be the best team over the course of you the whole to, season. You need to be better than Madrid. <laughs> well, that, that in Spain, you're right, that's it. And, and, and how did that feel to do it not only once, but do it two years in a row? I'm proud of that achievement. I remember coming over there. A lot of journalists talked about uh, um, talked about Madrid, and I said oh, we don't need to t- to concentrate or focus on them. What we need to do is focus on ourselves, and the rest will uh, come along. Uh, obviously, using my experience from uh, Scotland, seven years where you have a fierce rival. Um, Focus on yourself. The things that you can uh, that you can do something about. That's the key. Because if you start focusing in on the on the opponents too much, you get lost. Uh, you need to make sure you have the quality, um, so that there's not going to be a question. Make sure you win the games, uh, especially the games against them, and uh, and the rest will come if you have the quality. You played with a young Xavi, a young Iniesta, and a young Lionel Messi. Just they were younger at that time, but just how good were they as kids? Uh, Xavi was phenomenal. That uh, I mean, he I used to say him and uh, Xavi, uh, Xavi and Iniesta in practice. I mean, they don't have any hips. They have uh, they can turn. In any way, and they're, they're not the biggest, but they're so good in protecting the ball. And they can turn left, they can turn right, and they they know exactly where they are on the park. And it's just was a pleasure uh, watching them uh, because you could never get the ball off them really, as long as you didn't do done something 
a bad tackle or something like that because they very rarely lost the ball. They were so good at knowing to when to play one or two touch or more and move the ball uh, where you have the opponents, how to turn away from your opponents. They were just, yeah, I've never seen any better. And Lionel was a young boy, uh, 17 years old, when he first came with us to a pre-season tour of Asia. You saw uh, the, that there was quality in, the, in, the, in him, but I never t- thought that he would take it to the level because the level he's been taking it together with uh, Cristiano because when you're at the top, you always need somebody else to, to push you along. And I think those two have been driving each other for many, many years to, to prove who's the best year in and year out. But he was just lightning quick, good uh, first touch, uh, could finish uh, with ease, and yeah, it's no wonder he scored so many goals for Barcelona as he has done, uh, because he could finish for fun when he was young as well. How was the culture in Spain different to Scotland in in terms of football? Because you mentioned the fact Celtic Rangers is very fierce, and in Glasgow, if you play for either side, you can't really go out because you'll just get absolutely swarmed. What was it like in Spain in that regard? But when I lived in Barcelona, I mean, yeah, you have another team there. But I mean, I never know. I mean, seven years in in Scotland, in Glasgow, um, there's no pressure for me moving to, to Barcelona in that sense. Because, I mean, it doesn't get any tougher or rougher than 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 it was in uh, in Glasgow. But I have to say, I mean... I very rarely got abuse from the Rangers fans when I walked the streets. Um, but obviously, playing a game at Ibrox or at uh, Parkhead probably was different. But I never he- heard that, so it doesn't really bother me that much, um, to be honest. But moving to uh, Barcelona, Catalonia, it, it wasn't... Uh, any pressure for me because yeah pressure in the sense that I wanted to to play well and uh, show people that I was a good player but in 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 the sense of uh, culture yeah i mean i love the culture i mean i love the 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 food i love the the weather uh, i love the people down there so for me it wasn't any problem to be honest and having the success that you had at Barcelona, the league titles, the Super, the Spanish Super Cup, the Champions League win, why, why in the end did you decide to return to, to Sweden with Helsingborg? Because I imagine lots of teams were still interested in you at that stage within the, the major leagues in Europe. Yeah, there was a lot of teams interested, yes. But at the same time, Jordan was turning 10 years old. Uh, he spoke Swedish, but not good Swedish. Uh, I felt that I needed to uh, bring him home to somewhere that he can call home. Uh, because we obviously he was brought up in Scotland and two years in Spain uh, or in Barcelona. And then I felt that if I'm going somewhere else, that probably would have meant that he was 13 years old when he would have moved back home to Sweden, something like that. And I felt it was the right time for the family. Our house was finished back home as well uh, to move home. And so he could 
yeah, the tradition that we have in Sweden, I think it's important. Uh, so you don't get lost when you're getting older, that you know where home is, you know your grandparents, you, you know the Swedish traditions, you know the Swedish language, um, in order for him to have a, as good upbringing as he can have. And that's, that's my responsibility as a parent to, to, to make that happen. And that's why I took the decision. And also plus the fact I was a little bit uh, tired of sitting on the bench uh, too much. Uh, I still felt that I could play, um, and I felt that yeah, go home to to my hometown, play a few years here, and then uh, then then retire. What was it like returning to your hometown at that stage? Because when you you were there originally, you were up and coming, you were coming through. But when you return, you're a Champions League winner, a Celtic legend, and really a football and superstar. How did how did your teammates at Helsingborg adapt to playing alongside you at that stage? Yeah, I have to say they took it quite well, but obviously there was a lot of attention on me as a person, as a football player and a private person. Uh, so I can imagine that was uh, sometimes very hard for, for the... Because we didn't have a, such that good team at the time uh, when I came home either. But we managed to win the, the Swedish Cup my first year here, which was important that made us later go out in Europe where we did really well to be honest but the club had financial problems and uh, obviously that meant that at the time you have to bring a lot of uh, uh, players through the ranks some were very good and some were close to being good uh, but I think we got a good mix there because me being a little bit more experienced uh, Demanding on my teammates because I demanded a lot of myself. I think that sometimes the, the players felt that as a burden, but that was only a question of me driving on in order to be able to to achieve what we wanted to achieve. Unfortunately, we didn't do that. My last season we were close, uh, but uh, me and another player got injured, who were more or less the backbone of the team, uh, and we didn't manage to uh, get back from that. Uh, but I really enjoyed playing uh, back home uh, and also I got 10 weeks in Manchester which was very nice as well uh, so I still think to this day that when I look at my son now he's 23 that I made the right decision uh, because he's a fantastic human being and he's uh, he knows the Swedish language well and he knows the Swedish traditions and he has friends in Helsingborg, which I think is very important. You mentioned 10 weeks in Manchester. What was it like going there? Because Sir Alex Ferguson has been very honest that he was desperate to sign you for many years. No, it was fantastic, obviously. Uh, I was 35 at the time. Uh, played half a year in, in, in the Swedish league. Uh, didn't really have any rest uh, because when I came from Champions League final, then I uh, I think I had two weeks holiday and then I played my first game for the club and uh, obviously being a little bit older, it took a little bit longer time to recuperate after a game. Uh, still to get that chance, that tickled me a little bit uh, when I got the question uh, because Sir Alex for me is 
uh, is one of the best ever managers we've seen in the in 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 the game. Uh, and having the chance to work with him and also the players that were there. I mean, Giggs, Scholes, uh, Ferdinand, Vidic, Patrice Evra, uh, Neville, uh, Garrick, uh, Fletcher, uh, Rooney, Alan Smith was there, Louis Saha was there. Was just was just exactly what I needed at that time. At that time. Uh, because otherwise I had to do the Swedish preseason, which is three months long. Then I, I thought it was better uh, when they wanted me. I said yes, I'm going as long as the clubs can find a solution. And the solution was to to loan me out uh, until March, and then uh, return back home when the Swedish league started. And that's the only regret I have in my career. I should have stayed that. In at Manchester for the remainder of that season, then I probably would have uh, gotten an extra year um, with Manchester United. Uh, but yeah, if that's the, on, the only regret I have in my career, well, then it has to be like that. But I really enjoyed it. It took great care of me, the club, and the, and the players were fantastic towards me and my family, which is... Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of the most professional clubs I've ever been at. The way football works, Henrik, we, we talked earlier about you scoring against Celtic for Barcelona. Your first goal for Manchester United comes against Aston Villa, managed, of course, by Martin O'Neill. What did he say to you after that game? Uh, I can't remember what he said to me after the game. But, I mean... Obviously, scoring my goal there was so important for me because, and I think for Sir Alex as well, because obviously he brought in a semi-retired 35-year-old to to play in in the Premier League and in the FA Cup. So I think it was important for both of us, and being able to do that was just fantastic. It was a great feeling, and because that meant that I was up and running and yeah, the players could see that I could hack it, which they already seen in practice, I think. Uh, so that was, nah, that was a very happy moment. We mentioned a young Messi earlier on. You also played with a young Ronaldo and also a young Wayne Rooney. Just how good were those two? Uh, Messi already said how good he was. Is I have to, uh, I forget he's still playing. Uh, Rooney was fantastic as well, and yeah, Cristiano at that in that team as well was just uh, close to the finish article what we saw in uh, Madrid and uh, also now at Juventus. But Rooney was yeah, he was a clever player. He he was easy to play with, great movement, uh, great vision, and uh, yeah. He, he could score for fun. He, he was an excellent finisher. And I think, looking back at that time at Manchester United, you mentioned the fact you had a great not staying for the season, but your, your impact on the club in that 10 weeks was, was incredible. I remember reading that the players gave you a standard ovation in the dressing room after your final game, and the club also made sure you got the Premier League medal because... Although Never you never got the Premier League medal, though. You didn't get it? No. So, so what happened with the medal? I don't know. I never, I never got one. 
Jeez. Well, as I say, I think basically, essentially, Sir Alex Ferguson has said that you deserved a medal because you played a part in that. So I hope, I hope he's listening to this and we can get you your medal sorted. But playing at Manchester United at that stage, you've talked about how, how important it was for you to take that step because Helsingborg, of course, went in pre-season. When you look back at Manchester United, did they try and sign you earlier in your career? And do you regret not going then? No, they tried earlier. I think there was some uh, inquiry about me. Uh, but I didn't regret that I didn't go to them then. And I don't regret, regret it now. I mean, I was happy at Celtic. We played in the European Cups. I played with the Swedish national team in the World Cups, in the, in the European Cups as well. So, no, I don't regret that I didn't leave earlier. I had a fantastic time and I built my career at Celtic. And I think if you ask anybody, so I think they remember me more from the time in Celtic than in any other club, I think. You return to Helsingborg, you finish your career there, you have a good Europa League spell getting out of the group stage. But something I really want to ask you about is you, you played floorball when you when you finished playing yep. football. What was that like and how did that come about? Because I remember reading at the time and thinking, wow, that's that's new. No, I played floorball before I left uh, for um, my first season at Helsingborg. I played uh, uh, before we started my first season at Helsingborg. I played uh, floorball in the second highest division in Sweden. And it was just fun to be able to do that again. And then it, yeah, obviously being me, it was so much more interesting for the, for the media to re report about it. So it was, it, it was uh, funny, but I mean, at the same time, a little bit annoying because I just wanted to do that because I like to do it. And I played in the highest uh, division in Sweden that you can play in. And it was a great experience, but after a bus journey or a coach journey for six hours, I made my, up my mind that I would play a final season in, in Helsingborg and stop playing floorball. But I think it was good for me to, to switch to something else because I was in the close to uh, finishing my career uh, just to do something else instead of the typical Swedish preseason, I think it was good for me to do the, the floorball because obviously you have to be very fit there as well in order to be able to play. Uh, so in terms of my fitness level, I think it helped me a little bit to be able to to play the, the last season for Helsingborg. And in terms of your career, you retire, you have went into coaching, as I said in the intro. In terms of coaching, you've got ambitions to be a manager. Does it frustrate you at all that you're always linked with the Celtic job whenever it becomes available, or is that something you've just grown to get used to? That's something I have to uh, to get used to. It's always been like that, and I think it's it's going to be that for a number of years coming. As long as I'm I'm in this line of work, that's always going to be like that. Uh, but I mean. That's the way it is. I am so connected with Celtic that my name, my name will always be mentioned there. And I don't, uh, how do you say that? I don't uh, dislike it. I mean, I think it's, it's unfortunate to be, still be, be remembered uh, as a player and 
hopefully as a person as well over there. So for me, it's it's not a burden. It's it's a blessing. And in terms of Celtic, Neil Lennon's doing a really good job there. This club are going for 10 in a row. In the future, is that a job that one day you do want to do? Time will tell if it's going to be like that. It's impossible for me to give an answer that uh, doesn't leave anything for misinterpretation. So time will tell if it's going to be like that. In terms of UK football, you've been linked with a few jobs down in England. Is managing in the UK something that's high up on your agenda? Yeah, I think it's a culture that suits me. It's a culture that I'm uh, accustomed to. I think it's a language that I have a decent grasp of. So, yes, of course, that's that's uh, one of the areas I'm, I'm looking. But it's tough to get in. You need to know the right people or the right agents. So, uh, but, yeah. I have a few things, a few projects uh, uh, and proposals, uh, but I just feel at the moment that's not right for me. Uh, but if there comes something in the future in in UK or in Holland or in uh, Spain, I will always uh, listen, uh, and then I will make make up my mind. There has to be be the right one for me, and I have to feel that uh, that we are on the same wavelength, the owners and. Uh, and the people in charge, because I think that's very important uh, that you have a strategy of what you want to do and how you want to do it, how you want to achieve it and uh, work together from there and then have the financial means in order to, to, to make you as strong as possible. I think that's very important as well. A few quick fire questions before you go. First few non-football related. What's your favourite sport outside of football? Golf. And in terms of golf, who is the best player you've played with in football at golf? Ooh, that's a tough one. There's a few. The best player I ever played with as in golf and footballer, I have to say... I think I say uh, Tom Boyd, actually. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And yeah. Who would you say is the Who would you say is the worst? Who maybe he just goes along for the day out rather than actually being good at the sport. At the golf, you mean? Yes, yes. Uh, then I have to go for the worst at golf. Oh, hang on a second. I have to go for Morten Vigorst. <laughs> Uh, in terms of yourself, how's your golf game? Are you a strong golfer? Mm, I'm a, a decent golfer. I'm too much up and down. When my body is right, I can I can play good. But when the body is not right, mm, then I have a tough time. In terms of yourself, where is your favourite place to travel if you were having a holiday? Because we know you love Sweden, but where would you like? Where do you like going if you're if you're wanting a holiday? I love Captain Tib, where I have a house. I go there a lot. As soon as I have time to go, I go. It's a, one of the nicest spots in the world, and it's only two hours by plane from here. Well, there you go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Beer or wine? Both. <laughs> um, and in terms of football, Where's the, and I don't mean strange in a derogatory manner, so I'm just going to make that clear. Where's the strangest place you've had to travel with for football? Because I imagine you've been to some 
places that you never expected to go to in your life? Kazakhstan, with Feyenoord. <laughs> seven hours by plane from uh, Schiphol. Seven hours we flew, and that was has to be ninety five or six, something like that. And that's just a few years after the uh, uh, the Perestroika. It was with Gorbachev and everybody. And you can imagine, Kazakhstan is. Yeah, I think it's on the border of Asia, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that was a strange one. That's tremendous. In terms of football, you mentioned earlier on Ronaldinho being the sort of best player you played with. Who would you say were your toughest direct opponents? Cannavaro. He was good in the air. He was strong. He was quick. He could read the game well as well. So he was tough. Most underrated player you played with? Who would that be? Underrated player. Uh, Jackie McNamara. He was so good. Great answer as well. Um, biggest character you played with who just made everybody laugh all the time? Biggest character. I have to go for... Alan Thompson. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. I was expecting Chris Sutton or potentially Alan. Uh, no, but Chris was uh, not always happy, but Alan was more or less always happy. Made everybody <laughs> laugh. In terms of your career, who would you say was the best manager at getting everything out of the dressing room as a whole? That's a tough one because I have the privilege of being working under a lot of great managers so it's it's a tough one that one actually because if i mention one i've also not mentioned the other and i i don't want to do that no problem in terms of sir alex ferguson what was he like with you when you were at manchester united because he was known as a rangers fan when he was growing up did they ever try and wind you up about Celtic? no he didn't uh wind me up at all uh actually we had a kit man who was uh a, a big Celtic fan, so I used to spend a lot of time talking with him about Celtic. Uh, but Sir Alex, no, never gave me any and talked about that at all. Uh, he was professional. He was very good, and I mean, he didn't treat me any other way than the the other players. But obviously, me being a little bit older, he knew that. Uh, yeah, he could cut me some slack. If I needed that, you know, I mean, I remember one time I needed to go home for my older brother's uh, kids had a christening and yeah, he said, yeah, that's no problem. Um, and then they flew me over to, to Sweden and back the next day. And uh, I obviously missed one practice, but that was no problem. So he knew that it was important for me to, to attend my brother's kids christening. And yeah, in, he, he made it happen for me. You, you've spoken recently about mental health. Just how, just how important is it that people speak out about mental health, especially when it comes to football? Because I think lots of people see footballers as being invincible because we see them on TV, we go and watch them at big stadiums. But how important is it that people speak out if they are struggling? I think it's very important. But it's, it's the person 
him or herself that has to to open up um, and knowing that it's okay to open up I think that's very important it's not it's it's not a bad thing to open up I think if you are able to to talk about your emotions your feelings uh, makes everything so much easier because whatever the problem are or is most often than not when you talk to somebody they're always going to find a solution but um, i have to say i mean it's important that you talk to to people that you know your friends and things like that but it's also important to talk to somebody that is professional because obviously they know how to give you the tools you need in order to to work with the the problem you, you struggle with uh, so that's important that you that you try the the professional route as well uh, that's all i can say really and last question henrik thank you so much for your time is is about yourself giving advice to a young player what advice would you give to a young player in the regards to the career that you've had because you've worked hard and also when we watch in charity matches now you still seems if you could be playing at the top level Oh, that's very nice of you, but I can't. I promise you that. <laughs> I wouldn't last 10 minutes at the top level. Uh, no, but the advice is work hard. And uh, remember that being a professional football player is the best occupation you can have. Don't take it for granted. Uh, it's it's something you yeah you have to work hard and and willing to sacrifice a lot of things in order to be able to maximize your uh, potential and yeah it sounds boring but work hard and obviously you need to have the skills to to do everything you want to do on the on the football pitch uh, and then 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 you have a, sh a chance to to reach uh, the top I never told you I'm